Welcome to the Ion Annapolis Local Business Spotlight. There are thousands of locally owned businesses in the area, some small and some large. Some you may know and others you don't. But one thing they all have in common is a great story, and we want to share it with you. Join us every Saturday as we talk to the founders, the owners, and the managers of local businesses you have come to know and love, and those you will come to know and love. Now here's your host, John Frenet, with this week's Local Business Spotlight. I'm finally sitting in an old house across from a real person, and we are down here at 24 and 26 Randall Street at the Flag House Inn with Marty Etzel. How are you today? Hey, John. All right. I'm doing great. Thanks Good. for coming over. Did I get the address right, 24 and 26? Yep. Yep. Okay, now the Flag House Inn is the the building that stands out on Randall Street. Now, for those that aren't familiar with all the street names, Randall Street runs from Middleton's to the wall at the Naval Academy. I gate think it, one. I think gate it, one. Yeah, it goes right goes right into the wall. If you if you miss the turn, you're in, you're in a world of trouble. <laughs> you are, along with your wife Carmel, are the proprietors of the Flag House Inn, and. We wanted to just sort of sit down and talk and learn a little bit about you and a little bit uh, about the Flag House Inn and how things are going. Sure. How long have you owned this? We've been here a little over three years. Do you come from a hospitality background? No. Did did we want to work in? Did we ever want to own a bed and breakfast? No. Do we ever work in restaurants and hotels? No. I worked in big corporate. I worked in the corporate world for a little over thirty five years. Uh, Carmel worked in the Baltimore County School System as a speech pathologist. But how we got into it, which would probably be your next question, is does it involve does it involve alcohol? Most of the best. No, <laughs> not yet. <laughs> we had two friends that owned bed and breakfast. Um, my son's scoutmaster from Boy Scouts sold everything here in Baltimore and bought a bed and breakfast in Stowe, Vermont. And we had our neighbors in Towson, where we moved from. Her sister owned a. Her family had owned a bed and breakfast or a, an inn in Ogunquit, Maine. And they would post pictures, you know, today I went sailing, today I went skiing. And we're like, well, it can't be all work. So when we were in uh, 2017, we were, Carmel was burned out on what she did. I could see the end coming after 35 years in the corporate world. I had already been riffed once 15 years previous. I worked for SAP, business software in tech, loved it, loved the people I worked with, got a fair bit of travel. But it was a grind. I mean, I just, you know, early morning calls, late night calls, a fair bit of international travel. We're out to the Bay Area. So I was looking for the next thing. And our kids were young professionals. They were out of the house. So we're like, we're too young to retire. Let's figure out something to do. And one day I was on a boring conference call and I was thinking these other people. I Googled like bed and breakfast for sale in Maryland. And this was the third place we looked at. We looked at a place on the Eastern Shore a little bit seriously. We saw the financials. We walked through the place. But it was more of a 70-seat restaurant that happened to have a couple of nine dusty rooms attached to it. We're like, this doesn't look right. And so we then I Googled consultants to buy a bed and breakfast. And we found a couple in Maryland. They were realtors. They were So they could represent us on the buy side. And they said, you know, we got a couple places for sale. I'm like, okay, hit me. I said, he like, how about Lancaster? I'm like, nah. How about Gettysburg? I'm like, hmm. Maybe. How about downtown Philly? 73% occupancy. I said, I'm, I'm from Baltimore. I'm not from Philly. Like, how about Annapolis? I'm like, talk to us about Annapolis. And we had walked past this place before. Annapolis was always a day tripper place for us from Towson. But the financials were good enough on kind of lowish occupancy. It had been owned by a couple that had had it for 21 years. They were 71 years old. It had been for sale that we saw for at least two years, which we were kind of scratching our heads how it could be for sale for so long. The pictures looked good, so it just was a turnaround opportunity. 
the location, as you kind of alluded to, is amazing. It has parking on site. The reviews were glittering. Yeah. So we're like, hmm. So we came and checked it out. We were sitting in this very room. I was probably sitting in this exact seat talking to the owner where you're sitting. I said, Charlotte, this place looks great. I only got one question. She's like, well, what's that? I said, why has this place been for sale for two years? And we found out it had been for sale for four years. We go into like Fox's Den or uh, Vita Taco right. Bar like, hey, we're the new owners. <gasps> they finally sold it. We're like, what's wrong with this place? <laughs> and it just needs is, is, there is there some backstory? There's no ghosts. There's no, we don't have any ghost stories. The pipes don't clang. <laughs> None of that. But it's just a very specialized sale. And as you know, real estate's not cheap in Annapolis. So you, they had to find... The right, we also found out that the buyers had rejected several offers, not even countered them, because they wanted to keep it as a bed and breakfast. And I think once we connected, they had a really good feeling, and we were able to get to an agreement on the sale pretty quick after we walked through. You know, there's something to be said about when selling the businesses. I mean, you know, that, typically that's something that you built up from the get-go. They had a lot of and, I mean, I mean you, take it to the high end. Okay, you look at Apple when Steve Jobs had died. Okay, he had built this up from his garage, and he wanted to make sure that this was in the hands that of somebody that he trusted. And I get that. I mean, you know, somebody could come down and just have all the money in the world, but it's not the right mix. You, you don't want to sell that. And that that speaks very much, very highly of the previous yeah. owners. Now, having said that, and the, the, the lead on question is, so would you sell it as a B&B? I said, well, if I, I'll sell it, and if somebody's willing to pay the price that I think that it's worth, then I'll sell it to them. And what they want to do with it is up to them. The market's been fairly dynamic in three years. Um, there has been a lot of whole house Airbnb rentals, and there still is. They're mostly our friends because they're whole house rentals and we're room at a time. But several of the small hospitality places in town have closed or they've all been sold mostly as private homes. I think some as, as whole house Airbnbs. So there's a lot less of us in town so there's still the five big hotels. There are 800 rooms. You know, my approach is if I can peel off five or six rooms out of their 800 rooms, I'm sold out. And so, you know, we have a much more specialized proposition. We can be as hands-on or hands-off with the guest as you want. You saw how we live right, right. right here on site. But if somebody says, hey, thanks, I already made my plans. I'll see you at breakfast tomorrow. Great. If somebody says, hey, I want to have a glass of wine on the porch and you're welcome to join us, I'm like, great. So we can be as hands-on or hands-off. We do like to make recommendations. We've gotten a lot of people in town and a lot of places in town. We have favorites, and we listen to all the guests. You know, A lot of our recommendations are based upon what the guests have. But our whole objective, just to simplify it down, is we want to make sure everybody that stays with us has a great experience in Annapolis. And that's what we're all about, is having a great experience in Annapolis from the time they find us on Google or TripAdvisor, wherever they find us, to making it easy to book to giving them some pre-arrival information so they can plan their trip, check them in, give them the lay of the land, tell them our COVID safety practices, give them a great meal in the morning, give them a little chit-chat to understand how they're going along, check with them on the way out if they anything we could have done better. So we, we're all about a great experience start to finish. Well, you mentioned about uh, the different safety aspects that you have, and obviously when COVID hit last March about a year ago, you know, the world shut down. I mean, we were told not to look at people. And when somebody approaches you on the street, you run the other way. And, you know, the whole the, the, the world was ending. Nobody knew what was coming down or how bad it was going to be. 
I mean, what all have you done to assure? And obviously, the virus is a real thing. It's there. People are, are dying from it and getting sick from it. But businesses have been able to succeed. They've been able to find ways to safely operate. And certainly, it's it's well different from what you were doing on March 9th of last year. But what have, what have you done here at Flaghouse Inn? Great question. Great question. So, yeah, um, we were flying home February 29th from a week skiing out in Colorado and there was still kind of this, you know, a couple of virus here and two cases in Washington. It was just, and then a week later, the phone was ringing off the hook with cancellations. We had our last guest on March 16th. We voluntarily shut down for seven weeks. We got tremendous support from our marketing company who first helped us understand what were the options for financing with PPP and the idle loans. Also, too, around that when it hit, that's our low point on cash position usually because we do a lot of improvements in the offseason and the reservations for the new year haven't fully kicked in. So we were already at our low point for seasonally for cash flow. <laughs> and on top of that, we had all these cancellations. People wanted to cancel and wanted their money back. So we made one policy decision of you'll get your money back as of the date that you would have checked in. So we had people canceling for October because the wedding was canceled in October and they're canceling in March. And yes, I had their money, and everybody got every penny of their money back. We were not one of these places that held deposits or denied right. the fund. Back to your question, though, what did we do? So we used the time to research like crazy. Carmel researched heavily in all the CDC practices. Our marketing company gave us a lot of advice on um, what to consider. So we really did reconfigure our operations. So like I showed you upstairs, we changed from these big, heavy bedspreads Accent pillows, a few knickknacks, all of that's gone. That's that's in a in a space bag in the basement right now or wherever. So what we replaced it with, everything was washable. So everything in the rooms comes off the bed and gets washed. Everything horizontal stays clean. We clean and sanitize it. We check guests in outside when the weather's suitable or else inside with masks. We require masks inside. The old days for breakfast was come on down, seat at the table, anytime between 8.30 and 9.30, meet all the other house guests. Not anymore. One group at one table, one group at the other table, 8.30 and 9.15. We seat people out here in the sitting room in the summer or in the, when the weather is warm. We seat people outside, so we spread people out. So there's never more than four people or five people in a room in the, in the dining room at a time. When people check out, we have air purifiers. We had a previous generation that we had to clear out of the house because it was an ozone generator. We've replaced it with these HEPA air filter air purifiers. We run them continuously now when there's guests in the house. In fact, I'm going to walk over right now and turn this one on since you and I are talking. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so we really, really reconfigure uh, coffee pots. Everybody has their own individualized coffee pot, sugar container, and creamer. So we really reconfigured how we operate inside the house. We can tell a lot of times when people come up to the house by the eyes, how the kind of their freak freak out where the needle is on the meter of how, how tight they are. Every time we've had people, we had some people we were just couldn't believe even that the boyfriend or husband had convinced the lady to come down, the girlfriend or wife to come down. But on the way out, they're like, oh, my God, I felt so comfortable here. It's so safe. It's so clean. You made us feel comfortable. You answered every single one of our questions. This was really great. I'm so glad we got away. I feel so refreshed now. And now now I'll go back to my cave, you know, right. where I used to live. Right. Well, I guess a question for you is, I mean, you're, you're coming from the tech world and the software world. Did you ever imagine you'd be owning a bed and breakfast going into, into a global pandemic? 
Well, the, no, not the pandemic. So we really rode the roller coaster for three years. So we came in. My, Carmel was still working in Towson. Um, we took two months to put our house in Towson on the market while we owned this. So we were running back and forth, slowly moving in. I was running the show here on my own, learning the business, making more than pancakes and scr- box mix pancakes and scrambled eggs, managing guests. Managing- are you the cook? We both are. Okay. We, that, let's say that for the next question, though. <laughs> and we're happy to talk about it. So the first six months was kind of mayhem. But, we, you know, you look back. We sold our house. We quit our jobs. We moved. And we set up a whole new business. And it was a little awkward the first three. Once Carmel got here in June, the first three months were kind of awkward. Because the previous life was I did my thing. I did my job. She did her thing. She did her job. It's almost like we were roommates. Now we're hip to hip, you know, figuring everything else sure. out. First couple of months was kind of getting comfortable with each other and comfortable figuring out the routine, and it's pretty, it's pretty smooth now. With the pandemic, yeah, that was a real curveball because we had really grew the we had really grown the business in 2019, and we were looking good to start the year in 2020, and then the bottom fell out, and we had to adjust. Um, we joined Feed Anne Arundel. We're part of Feed Anne Arundel with a great operation that Monica and all the other 70 restaurants in town or just in the county to her have done. Last week. She's amazing, and the whole group's amazing. We love being part of that group. So we made meals. We sold cinnamon rolls to the Naval Academy. We got to know a lot of parents that way. So we sold cinnamon rolls to the mids, um, delivered them. We used that money to make more meals for the community with Finan Arundel. Um, so we pivoted a bit to food. We did some uh, events and deals all on the up and up that we would have laughed at a year ago that now it's like, okay, well, it's worth getting y'all in. So let's do it. So, um, and then grants and loans, the Anne Arundel Economic Development Council has been awesome. They're, they've just been amazing managing the grants. We've got both PPP loans. So cash position wise, we're okay. Um, we haven't had to put more money into the business and our cash position is a lot, lot better than it was, from a year ago, and we've still been able to make a couple of improvements along the way. So um, it's it's been a challenge, but um, we managed through it. Fantastic. Well, what's the history of this property? I mean, this has been around since the... 1879. Great okay. question. So um, the house was built 1879 by a Welsh sea captain, I believe. And it was funny because as soon as I revived the social page a week or two after we got here, we got this message from this lady in Austin. She's like, oh, my great-great-grandfather built the place. And she sent us some pictures. She sent us pictures of her great-aunt who used to live in the house in the 1920s. Some artists. She goes, look in the basement. There's a box of books in the basement. Sure enough, there's a bunch of books that her great-aunt had written for the Naval Academy Press. And we've had several of these kind of guests coming through. But it was built as a duplex. As At least tracing backwards to the 1920s, we found separate ownership, at least until the 1920s. I never went to the archives and dug out property records older than that. Um, but in 1992, the guy that owned the duplex, on the, the, the house on the other side, bought 24, or 26, bought 24, and did a complete plumbing and electrical renovation in 92, Reskinned the house to what it looks like now. And before 1992, it looked like two houses glued together, two different roof lines, two different exteriors, two colors different, and shutters, two yeah. different everything, and gave it the look that you see now. And now we're, you know, it's our job to be the stewards. We want to keep it looking like the same. We're going to finish repainting the house and putting the shutters back up this this summer. 
we're going to re- keep renovating a lot of the uh, power plant to keep all that modernized. So our goal is to keep this place, you know, whatever, 1850 years, 140 years until now, to have this well positioned for at least the next 20 or 30 years, you know, because we're not going to be here for 20 or 30 right. years, but to get everything really in good shape, to keep it up to standard. Is the maintenance just never-ending? The maintenance is never-ending, but it's not necessarily a money pit. Um, the the prior owners that had it for 21 years, the Schmeichels, did a tremendous job in room. And you saw some of the rooms um, in terms of what they look like. All these cornices they handmade, the husband made, the radiator covers he made. So they did a lot of things. They Since they had it 21 years, they coasted the last couple of years. And I think they would admit to that. So we had to catch up a few items. But it's nothing structurally. The house is in great shape. You know, the, found, the basements are watertight and not moldy. We can store a lot of things in the basements. They're not leaky. The roof doesn't leak. We recoded the roof. The siding we did have was a little leaky at times. So it's it's but it's a lot it's a big place. So we, we use this off season to do a lot of deeper cleaning. You know, we take all the furniture out, steam clean the rugs, dust everything down, repaint all the trim, repaint outside. So that's all the if you had a house, you'd still be doing a lot of those right. things anyway True. if you want to keep it looking good. Now, we have to keep it looking good because we have inspectors, so to speak, guests coming in all the time. And we want it looking, you know, in, in addition, to, In addition to the city inspectors that come in. <laughs> Which well. we just had yesterday, right. by the uh, as a matter of fact. And the health inspector earlier this week as well. This is inspection week. So now I have my marketing and my, my, my public service inspector visiting me today. <laughs> Has this always been the Flag House Inn? Or when it was the bed and breakfast since 1992, it started as the Flag House Inn. So your next question is, well, why do they call it the Flag House Inn? And you saw the flags flying out front. So we have the flag vault here. So we fly the flags of the states or countries of our guests. Oh, so cool. we've only been stumped once or twice. Like, we have all the states. We have an awful lot of countries. Um, so we, we change the flags out for the states or countries that the guests are from. Very neat. And how many rooms do you have here? We have five rooms. We're five, I'm presuming five, uh, fly, six flagpoles? Six flagpoles. We always fly the U.S. flag. We always fly the Maryland flag. So sometimes we have to make decisions. <laughs> but right now it's not a big deal because most everybody these days is from Virginia, Pennsylvania, D.C., or Maryland. The drive so market, sure. It, it's, it's not as far of it. But, but you know, under previous – well, we get mid-parents coming in. The last couple of weeks we've had mid-parents from – Hawaii, where they're coming in two weeks, Hawaii, Nevada, Michigan. So we get some mid midshipman parents coming in, Texas from a little far California from a little farther away. But under normal times it's we get people from all over, literally. You know, it's fine. I, I'm also a big fan of being a tourist in your own town and I I'll go out on the Harbor Queen, you know, yeah. twice a year, get the little water taxi or the Miss Anne, Miss Elizabeth and Take a walking tour. I know that Watermark has the Architrex tour, which I think is just absolutely fabulous. And I've always been a proponent of looking at these small bed and breakfasts in the inns that we have here and get to know them as a local. And I, I mm-hmm. think that you know this would make a, a wonderful long weekend getaway from your house, whether you live in Bay Ridge or whether you live in Severna Park or Glen Burnie or you know even further than that. You know, it's... We get people from Glen Burnie and Pasadena and Baltimore for sure. D.C., people come out from Silver Spring, 45 minutes away. Like, it's just a different vibe here. It feels, it's only 45 minutes away, but it's a whole different place. We get that, maybe not Bay Ridge we get people from, or right. Annapolis Neck, but it's, 
but we well we get people that are visiting people you know the the sure. the, the, the the relatives that are coming into town they they stay here while they're visiting the relatives but to anybody that's listening to this that's in town stop by say hello we love showing the place to 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 people from town we we love and we get to know more people that way too so don't feel f- it's a it's a it's a beautiful place for sure well what what do your guests expect what's the guest experience at the flag house inn when uh, I book a room so what the guests expect we were talking about this before we went on the the air so what the guests expect is they want the you know people that stay at a bed and breakfast have a reason for staying here we're not the cheapest place in town although we would argue we're the best value in town because we include parking and breakfast and the big hotels don't include those things if, even if they have it. But what they expect is they want the modern experience with the look and feel of an old house. So like, ooh, an 1879 house. Look at those pictures. Look at the curb appeal. But the air conditioning better work. The heat better work. The food better be good. The Wi-Fi better be fast. The HD it better be HD TV. The food better be good and fresh. And by the way, I'm gluten-free, dairy-free, <laughs> vegan, and you better be able to handle that too, and which we can. <laughs> so they want they want the modern comforts, but they want that look and feel that's something that's not the the a chain hotel. I guess gone are the days of uh, checking into a place and there's a, a waffle maker in the <laughs> down in the main room at the for a bur- and that, that's your continental breakfast. That's not so what we do. Not what you, yeah, that's not what we do. Um, and I'll, I won't. You know, I know some places in town do do that, but that's not what we do. We pretty much prepare everything. I think you were starting to allude earlier about the food. So Carmel and I do all the cooking. Um, she tends to do the baking and the fruit. We always have fresh fruit, always have a fresh baked good as the first course. Then we have a hot plated meal, which is tends to be what I do. We'll have coffee and tea out by 7.15, which also tends to be, what not tends to be, it is what I do. If, if Karma was in, and she would readily tell you this, that if she was in charge of the coffee, that you wouldn't have coffee at 7.15. <laughs> I'm the early riser. But um, we try to alternate sweet and savory. We have probably 8 or 10 or 12 regular items in our repertoire. We're always adding them, subtracting a bit. But not too much comes out of a can. Very little comes out of the freezer. You know, we, we go through a lot of eggs and buttermilk and flour and, and you know, breakfast meat that's, that's in the fridge. And we, you know, go shopping probably twice a week. Um, to get fresh items, so we—it's all fresh prepared, and we—we we love that moment when you're just putting the plate. You get that microsecond of the wow factor. We, you know, we really try to give them a good a little sparkle in the eye. That yeah, like, like oh my god, look at this. You know, they get the, we right, love it. They get right, the right, they're Instagramming out. it. I'm taking, a, I'm sending this to my daughter. I, she doesn't know. She's going to be so jealous. You know. So, so we we like giving people a great experience. I mean, like I said earlier, we want to give people a great experience. So, where did the where did the cooking presentation and the skills come from? <laughs> self self taught to the some extent. We were always the fat. We were, I was oldest of five kids, and we were always. But for I was always the one. Our family was always the one that hosted Christmas and Thanksgiving and the special events and all that. So we were used to cooking for a crowd. We both liked to cook. Both of our kids liked to cook. The plating, <laughs> I always tell the story, My, our son moved to New York City after college. He was like 23 years old. And we, you know, we were done with a box mix or box macaroni and cheese and chicken nuggets. We, my wife and I started making more, Carmel and I started making more food. And we're like, sent a picture to my son, like, hey, look at this we just made. He's like, dad, it looks really good, but you've got to work on your plating. I'm like, 20, this, <laughs> he's, took him six months to be a New York, New York snob, you know. They converted but, them. But we have fun with it. We have fun with the plating. You know, we use square white plates, and the food really pops on it. 
And so we have fun and we use, we have a lot of um, pots outside. We grow all the garnishes, all the parsley and mint oh, and man. arugula. We have a little mini garden. Um, so we, you know, a lot of the little touches. We're, we have a little tabletop garden. We're snipping thyme to put into to bake eggs or whatever. So we try to really put a little touches on that and really focus on fresh and, and nice presentation. Listen, a lot of guests, a lot of uh, repeat guests. Um, increasingly, yeah. Um, it's interesting. We we get some guests that stayed with the previous owners. We always joke with them. I feel really nervous if we can live up to it. But um, we get an increasing number of repeaters as we get to know them, and they're like, you know, we get some that will come back every summer for three days, or we get a lot of midshipmen parents especially. And when the midshipmen, I mean, that's that was what changed a lot last year is we lost a huge demographic of the midshipmen families coming in because everything was closed. We lost all the retirees who went into hiding, and understandably so. Don't take the wrong right. impression. What we got instead last summer was 35 to 55, tell me what there is to do outside. I want to be outside. So we got to know all the outdoor dining and what's better or worse than the others. We got to know three great beaches, which we didn't know existed in Mattapeak, Beverly Triton, and Terrapin Nature Station oh, on the, on the sure, other side sure. of the bridge. We got to know Bacon Ridge Trail, Waterworks Park Trail. Even we pushed Quiet Waters even more than we used to push it. We pushed Greenberry Point even more, than we, and people loved it. We we had we got to know a guy that does a private sailboat. You know, he he'll take people out, just two or three people out on his sailboat, and people loved that last summer, especially like, oh, I go out on a sailboat myself, just the captain. Like, here here's his number. We had to we had to reconfigure the entertainment, so to speak, because you couldn't take the tour of the Naval Academy. You could you know you had less capacity on the woodwind and, and watermark. And they sold out pretty fast sometimes. So all the two or three old reliables or the top three things either disappeared or significantly reduced their capacity. So we had to we had not only did you have to readjust inside the house, we yeah. had to readjust where we were sending them outside the house. Yeah, I guess there's no guarantee that you're going to get a seat on the Woodwind or you know on the Harbor Queen. You can't guarantee that. And I mean, at this point at the Naval Academy, all you can do is like climb up on the wall and peek over. You know, that's about yeah. it. We're optimistic that something will, we'll hear some good news in, well, within fing- the next couple of weeks. Fing- fingers crossed. Well, you've been here for three years. Okay. So let's say you're the best guest you've ever had uh, rolls in here and you want to give them a hidden secret, just a, something a little bit off the beaten path, something that's uh, sort of a kept secret of Annapolis and could be food. It could be an activity. What? What good. would you? Yeah, good. Where would you um, send them? So they, if they were here before, they probably did the tour of the Naval Academy. They probably went out on the Woodwind or out on the Harbor Queen or whatever. So the, f- the couple of things I would do is I would send them to Quiet Waters Park. They have kayak rentals there as well. Or if they just want to go for a walk, they has that lookout over the South River. Mm-hmm. I would send them to the beach at Mattapeak, which has a nice slopey shallow beach it has showers and and bathrooms there and kentmore restaurant right down the road is a nice family place the owners have stayed with us before i would send them on a walk over into murray hill the little pocket parks acton place park and all the little pocket parks in murray hill are awesome it's kind of a you can just go sit and sit on the bench in the shade for 30 minutes and look at spa creek and contemplate life I would, uh, for food, where would I send them that would be off the beaten path? Well, they may or may not know Cantler's, which is a little farther away, but it's certainly a popular place. Davis's Pub is, you know, more of a local's place. Maryland Avenue is more of a local's place. So they probably, you know, wouldn't send them Main Street, wouldn't send them to the dock. 
Um, but there are plenty of places that tend to be more of a locals place than 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 the touristy places. It's funny you talk about you know walking through Murray Hill, and I, I love when Historic Annapolis does the uh, open houses mm-hmm. at, around Christmas. You know the yep, we helped with Christmas that. by yep. candlelight. Two years and ago. They've got the yep. garden, hidden gardens, mm-hmm. and everything else. And uh, during COVID, I have done an awful lot of walking outside. I didn't feel overly comfortable going into the Pitmoyer Rec Center and walking around in circles. <laughs> so. Out, out into the uh, the elements I went, and I would go down into Eastport a lot, and I would do just sort of back and forth on all the streets, and just to look at the architecture, and it's really, you know, the, wow, there's, okay, so they've got a huge parking area back there, and the, man, I wonder what that garden looks like, and you know, it, it's it's amazing just to see if you if you take your time on foot and see, and Annapolis is such a good walking town. Totally. And your location with the Plaque House Inn is, um, I mean, you're probably... 120 feet off of the ideal spot in yeah, town. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're a block and a half from Ground Zero, but we we have, I think on our website we have like five different walks that they can do leaving the house without getting in the car. You know, West Annapolis too. I mean, that's a longer walk. That'll be a couple hours, but you can go into West Annapolis into what's it called Wardour or whatever. You go yep. you go past Evelyn's and Flamont and turn to the right, and there's that whole peninsula down there. I mean, lovely. It's a longer walk. You know, you can send them to Murray Hill, go to Green, well, Greenberry Point's not walking. But, um, yeah, there, there's, yeah. Well, you said, now, the prior owners here, what if they, um, I guess this one question sort of bugging me, but if the prior owners decided, okay, well, Marty Etzel, you just aren't the person to take over this bed and breakfast. We don't, we're not going to sell it to you. And you had your consultant working on Lancaster, Gettysburg, Eastern Shore, and Philadelphia, and maybe some other places. Where would you have been? Oh, gosh. I don't know. Um, we weren't crazy about any of those places. For it has for us, it had to have been the right property. So we weren't – it wasn't like, oh, my God, we have to buy a bed and breakfast or it's the end of the world. You know, I would have recalibrated. We might have even looked farther down like Shenandoah Valley. We had, we've had a timeshare at Massanut in Harrisonburg, Virginia. We love going down that whole Charlottesville, Shenandoah Valley area. We, we might have looked down there. We, we – that's 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 a i never got that question before um but i that would be my top of mind it would be more like we'd go out to the shenandoah valley probably because we we'd love i'm more of a mountains person carmel's more of a beach person she's got the water here so she's very happy (laughs) i'm more of a mountains person but probably that whole probably down charlottesville draw a ring around charlottesville about an hour hour and a half we've gotten to now down to Asheville, which is an amazing place my daughter lives down there Asheville is awesome awesome. it is really great i mean so uh, that 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 was that was a question i was unprepared for but that was my answer (laughs) (laughs) an hour an hour around charlottesville yes to the west to the west there's a lot of great wineries out there um anyway yeah they were there. Well, for those that are interested, flaghouseinn.com is the website, and you should be interested. I mean, I'm going to say even if you aren't planning on staying here, if you are local, it's got a lot of great history on it. Uh, the history of the house, the history of the folks that lived here that you've been able to dig up some great old pictures. If you are listening from afar or listening from close by and you're looking for a place to get away for the weekend, this is one that would be definitely on the list. Uh, you guys you know, have gone above and beyond as far as safety goes and really sort of, and I hate the word pivot because I'm so over it at this point, but that's the word though, um, of what you were doing, you know, just a little bit more than a year ago. 
to what you're doing now and and there will be a slight pivot again moving forward as we get out of this to you know i i don't think anything will go immediately back to where it was but it's fantastic it's a great story i think it's awesome that you and your wife carmel came from nothing related to hospitality and have made such a go of this and and what we've found out because we've joined one of these national associations for innkeepers and going to a couple conferences our situation is not unusual for hospitality. That a lot of it is second career people that that do this, and um, we've got enough of a skill set that we can bring, or enough of a creativity, or or questioning, or you know, assess the problem and make it you know, like a consultant thing. You know, what's the problem? What's the critical success factor? How do you improve it? to work on it and it's been a lot of fun because I worked in big corporate the smallest company I worked in before I got here was 3,000 people and now it's myself and Carmel and a couple of contract housekeepers who were awesome by the way and it's been fun experimenting you know what's the right price to charge I don't know let's experiment what's the best way to do breakfast I don't know let's experiment you know that's and, one thing I love about you know being in business for myself and I die admittedly don't work well in committees just because they just go nowhere in my opinion it's you know you're in a situation now where you can as you said experiment it's like hey let's um and you can make the decision right there in in just kind of in in closing up i mean we love it here i mean it's been so great meeting all the other fellow small business folks we touched on feed and arundel among others but all the the shop owners, restaurant owners in town, several of the other small hospitality places, several of the property managers that run the whole house Airbnbs or the, the whole house properties, um, getting to know the business services had at the Naval Academy, getting to know the people that visit Annapolis. I mean, getting to know the mayor and a lot of members of city council has been great. I mean, we love it here. We're having a blast. I mean, the first summer we were here, we got to, and by the way, our street is great too. We have four other empty nester couples in our street that moved in right around when we did. Our kids have gotten to know their kids. Their oh, that's cool. coming and going. We're all hanging out on the front porch, yelling across at each other. Whose turn is it to have the wine on whose porch? So it's it's really been a nice network here, both of the business community as well as the street here. Our street is Great. I mean, we got a we have a couple of young couples as well, with a couple of young kids. So we a couple are renters, a couple are owners. So it's a really nice little street we got here on 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 Randall Street. But it has just been great living here. In the first summer, I was starting to say is you know we're sitting out at Susan Campbell Park, the Marine Academy, the Marine Band is playing, the boats are coming back and forth in the harbors. Like, pinch me. Is this real? Is this real? <laughs> Followed by, what took us so long to get here? So we absolutely love it here. We're we're big boosters, and yeah, we're not old timers. We're newcomers, but we're very enthusiastic about about the area. Right, and we will stay here. We will stay here after we sell. I am I am in the same club as you. I mean, I think that uh, I'm not born here, but I got here in '96, and I, I absolutely love the area. There's you know you can be anywhere. You can be if you want. Big city. You can be in New York inside of four and a half hours. You can be in Philadelphia or Baltimore, Washington within less than an hour in D.C. and Baltimore. And the water, the bay, and and the amenities that we have here. It's a it's a small little city, and it's yeah. uh, it's, it's it's a great it's a great place to live. Flaghouse Inn on Randall Street, twenty four and twenty six. And if you're coming from Middleton's, heading toward the Naval Academy Gate One, it's on the left. Hard to miss because you've got that six flagpoles with all the flags out there, always flying. 
And Marty Etzel, thank you very much for your time this afternoon. I appreciate it. I laud you for everything that you have done over the last year um, to persevere and, and to go on. And I you know, wish you all the best going forward into 2021. And everybody's fingers are crossed that we're uh, on the tail end of this. Yeah, I think things are getting better. I was telling you before we went online, we've had a lot of reservations come in the last week or so. So we think things will pop in, in April and, and beyond. But But thank you. Thanks for finding me and love the conversation. I've done these couple of these things before. As you can tell, I really am very shy and inward introvert. <laughs> I'm not very good at this kind of – I'm just joking. But I, I love talking about the business. I love talking about Annapolis. So I really enjoyed the chat with you. Thanks a lot. Fantastic. Thanks for listening to this week's Local Business Spotlight. Please make sure to visit ionanapolis.net for all your local news, events, and opinion. And in case you haven't already, please subscribe to the Ion Annapolis Daily News Brief, where we bring you all the day's local news direct to your phone, tablet, or computer in about 10 minutes. It comes to you at 6 a.m. every Monday through Friday, and you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.